Hey, hey, my friend. Today's episode is a good one. Now, it's a great one, matter of fact, and it is sponsored by a resource that I created called Word of the Week to Build Classroom Community. If you are looking for a way to create a culturally welcoming and inclusive classroom community, then I think this resource is the perfect one for your classroom. It helps to facilitate the creation of a partnership between you and the students as you work together to create a classroom that is welcoming and safe for all. Each week, students are encouraged to look at a familiar word in a new way. There are nine words for the first nine weeks of community development. Students complete five activities that inspire self-reflection, partnership, collaboration, and conversation around one focus word per week. The first nine words are culture, honesty, trust, friend, legacy, here, respect, share, and fun. Grab this resource today by heading over to the Custom Teaching Solutions Teacher Shop on the Teachers Pay Teachers website. Happy classroom community building. Now let's jump into the episode. Hey, hey, welcome to the Culture Center Classroom Podcast, a space for educators looking to step into their power by creating a classroom environment and lessons that affirm, welcome, and celebrate all their students through instruction. I'm your host, Jocelyn Hubbard, an educator, teacher coach, wife, mother to five children, and your partner on this journey of creating culture-centered classrooms. Let's jump into the episode. In just a minute, I am gonna be sharing all about four helpful types of resources that I recommend you include in your classroom and lessons. But first, 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 first of all, my friend, please know that you are the number one resource for creating a welcoming, inclusive, and affirming classroom. You set the tone. So set it to a pitch that invites warmth. If you have listened to any of my other episodes, then you already know Okay, you already know that I think you are the bomb.com. The fact that you are here right now sharing this space with me. Yep, yep. Thank you for actively seeking to do the work required to create a lasting impact for good with your students. Okay, now for the four resource types. Windows, mirrors, sliding glass doors, and map everything. Everything. We often focus on these words in connection to books, and it's because of Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop's amazing and phenomenal work. But I want you to know that these concepts can be applied to almost anything. I've talked about these concepts before, and I actually wrote a blog post about this about four years ago. It's called What About Me, Teacher? I'll link to that in the show notes. For this episode, I want to briefly summarize and put into context what these four types of resources mean for our conversation. The first is a window resource. This is a resource that allows students to see and hear other perspectives and lived experiences, other quote-unquote worlds. Mind you, that world might be across the railroad tracks, as they say. The second is a mirror resource, and this is one that allows students to see themselves, their perspectives, and lived experiences reflected back to them. These resources affirm and validate the student. Third are sliding glass door resources. These are really cool types of resources because 
they not only show students other perspectives and lived experiences, but these resources invite them into the experience so they can see what this quote other world is for themselves. They are not sitting in a seat of judgment or holding themselves in high regard. No, these students engaging with this sliding glass door resource are able to live in a cultural experience that is different from their own. Finally, the fourth type of resource is a map resource. And this is one that invites the student on a journey. It is a resource that allows for self-discovery and guidance as they navigate the world around them. So what does this look like for real? I will use myself as an example. Let's just say 12-year-old Jocelyn, <laughs> okay? If you can imagine, 12-year-old Jocelyn, I was living in a suburb of Cincinnati, Ohio at the time. The year is 1996-1997, and I'm in eighth grade. I am a young eighth grader, though. My birthday is in November. I started kindergarten at four, so I was always the youngest in my class. I am also the oldest of four children between my mother and father. I'm a black girl and the darkest in my family. I'm short. I'm a Christian raised Baptist. I'm living in a, a middle class life in an upper class neighborhood. Well, an upper middle class neighborhood. Mm, I moved several times in my life, uh, Connecticut to New York to New Jersey to Ohio. I saw quite a bit. I was bullied in fifth grade. Okay, I think you have a decent picture of me. So, so what would mirror, window, map, sliding glass door resources look like for me? A window resource would allow me to see and learn about mathematical theories and mathematicians from various Asian and African countries. Truly connecting the theory to the mathematician. Because honestly, all I ever remember learning about were male mathematicians, mostly from European countries. We did learn about ancient Egypt, but it wasn't really in a way that connected that country to the continent of Africa. And that's a whole other podcast episode, but we'll just say that there was not a connection in my mind to these people being Africans. Next, a mirror resource. This would have allowed me to see and learn about Black women who dared to dream. Black women who lived lives that were considered unconventional. Women who were too smart, too bold, too sassy, too strong, too outspoken. Women who decided not to get married, not to have children, not to attend college, not to wear their hair or clothes a certain way. And, and guess what? They were able to live happy, fulfilled, successful, by their own definition, lives. Women like Shirley Chisholm, who I didn't learn about until I pledged Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. I was not exposed to the profound and complex discourse of Harriet Jacobs and Bell Hooks until college and on into adulthood. How would that have changed the narrative for me? Mm. Okay, so a sliding glass door resource. This would have shown me the world of a scientist. It would have shown me that science is more than photosynthesis and covalent bonds and gravity. 
It would, it would have shown me how science is about testing a theory, trial and error, research, recreation, imagination, curiosity. And more than that, it would have shown me the connection between real life and how real life is about trial and error and recreating things and imagination and curiosity. The connection, the connection is so important. Showing me this world, one step, but then inviting me in, allowing me to search the recesses of my own mind for the places of curiosity, not shutting down the questions because uh, the teacher didn't have the answer, truly allowing me to be a scientist. Now, I was, I was shown the world of Newton and Einstein, Curry and Darwin, but I don't ever remember being invited into that space. I, I, I never remember being allowed to come in and tinker with theory and thought. I don't ever remember being allowed to disagree. And finally, maps for me. A young 12-year-old Black girl growing up in Cincinnati. The map was drawn for me. <laughs> and this map was drawn by a white male map maker. He did not have care or concern for my identity, self-love, self-worth, self-discovery. No. This map was drawn leading to the spot marked with an X in the location that he desired. I was to wear my hair a certain way, talk a certain way, dress a certain way, act a certain way, eat a certain way so that I could look a certain way. Hello? Instead, a true map for me would be me being able to see other maps that have been drawn by people that are not white male identifying. It would, it would instead tell me stories about people like one of my best friends who was told in high school that, oh no, honey, you shouldn't even bother to take these advanced classes or honors classes because you're not going to go to college. But she is now a published author several times over. She has a doctorate. She is a college professor. Those are the stories. Those are the maps that I would see so that I would have guidance, so that I would have an understanding that, you know what? Sometimes the quote unquote traditional path that has been laid before us is not the path that is the right one, the correct one. It's not the only path out there for you, Jocelyn. These resources would, would give me a blank sheet of paper and let me create my own map. So instead of, of handing me this pre-drawn map, provide me with a blank sheet of paper in every class so that I can determine my own destination. As you consider these four types of resources in your classroom for your students, please understand that they may be books, posters, other supplemental reading materials, aside from your textbooks, guest speakers, a mentorship program, pen pals, travel blogs, documentaries. Take a look at the walls in your classroom. Audit your classroom library. Use a critical eye when mapping your curriculum. When you sit down to create a unit or a lesson plan, be intentional about including window, mirror, map, and sliding glass door resources. But before you can do that, you need to be mindful of who your students are culturally. Who are they at their core? Just because two students identify in the same way racially, religiously, socioeconomically, that does not mean they are the exact 
Same, it does not mean that a window text for student A will be a window text for student B. They have different lived experiences. In order to get to know your students, here are a couple of ideas. First, ask questions and then listen. Ask your students, ask their guardians. Send home a survey. Ask at open house or teacher conferences. Ask during one-on-one check-ins with your students. And so what are you asking? Well, you're just asking about their lives, about what they enjoy, about their hobbies, about their interests, about their feelings regarding certain topics that you all are covering in class. So I did have one teacher ask me during a coaching session. She said, Jocelyn, how do I ask about a child's racial or ethnic identity without seeming intrusive or nosy? And that's a great question. It really is. So my answer was this. I said, frame the question in the context of the classroom and creating an optimal learning environment and experience for the students. Say something like, it is important that every child sees people that look and believe in similar ways as they do. It is also important that students see faces of the world represented in our classroom. To ensure your student is seen in our classroom, would you tell me about your child's racial and ethnic background? Now, there are certainly other ways to phrase this question, but I I hope that that's a good jumping off point. Okay, the second way that you can get to know about your students is by engaging them in a variety of different activities. Let them engage in independent activities, team building, collaborative, and then pay attention, right? Just like observe how the students engage in different situations. During one-on-one time, you can ask, specific questions like follow-up questions about the experiences that you saw the students having as they were engaging in the different activities. And then asking your students to share why they behaved a certain way, why they responded a certain way. Now I say this with the understanding that based on the age of your students, based on their emotional and mental development and maturity, they may not have an answer. I talked to my own children who, the oldest of which at this current time is 10 years old. And many times I ask him to reflect on his behavior and his answer is, I'm not really sure, mommy. But throwing those questions out there and just putting and creating a space for self-reflection, making that a habit, really will allow them to start to see that they're not just going to be able to behave all the time and just do whatever, that we want to start to think about it. And we want to start to think about why we are choosing to make a certain choice, right? And I'm not talking about this as a punishment. This is just an opportunity for students to start to understand their beliefs and their behaviors and start to think about how that impacts the way that they show up in the classroom. In in last week's episode, I talked about establishing effective and essential norms. Those are all great activities that I shared, I think it was in bullet point number two or something, where I shared different ways, different activities that you can use to establish norms. And so in those activities, you can observe your students, you can listen to the conversations that they're having, you can you can observe the way that they position their body, right? Body language is huge. I was doing a, a training session with some teachers a few weeks ago, and as we were establishing our norms, One of the norms that they set forth was to really be mindful of your judgmental 
body language because we can posture ourselves in a way that we are very obviously judging people. But sometimes we do that without knowing it. So anyway, observe your students' behavior, observe their body language, observe right the, the verbal and the nonverbal things that are happening as they're engaging with different activities. The third suggestion I have for you is show and tell. I don't care how old your students are, this activity can work. Whether your students share their item, quote, person, or idea. Now notice I mentioned a few things because definitely based on the age of your students, you may not necessarily be like, hey, bring in little fluffy bunny for show and tell today. But maybe they have a quote that's really resonated with them and they want to share that. Now, whether they share this, this with the whole class or in a partner group, it's, again, a really great time for you to learn about them as you're walking around and kind of listening in on these conversations. But it's also a great time for them to learn more about what they value, right? Why did they bring in whatever the item is or why, why did they share this quote or why do they, why do they have this idea in their mind? They can also learn about what their peers value and they can learn about the significance that the world puts on the things that they value. So all of these activities are great ways for you to get to know your students, right? By, by asking them questions, asking their guardians questions, and just kind of seeing where the answers lie by uh, engaging your students in different activities and then also by having them participate in show and tell. As you get to know your students more and more, through a variety of ways throughout the year, throughout the year, <laughs> it will become easier and easier to identify window, mirror, map, and sliding glass door resources. It will be easier to choose relevant resources and utilize responsive teaching strategies. It will be easier to create the welcoming, inclusive, and affirming classroom you and your students desire. It's an ongoing thing though. The learning doesn't stop. Your students learn more about you each day as they listen, observe, and interact with you. And the same goes for you, right? Now, if you want some additional ideas for activities and resources that are window, mirror, map, sliding glass doors, then you can hop over to my Teachers Pay Teachers store. It's called Custom Teaching Solutions. Over there, you will find a handful of resources designed to provide this type of experience for your students. Many of them are labeled culturally responsive, so it's very clear. I have reflection sheets for students to complete before, during, and after assignments. I have classroom community building and norm-defining resources. So I will link to my store below in the show notes. And I will also link to a Google folder where I have a ton of books that I recommend using with different age groups. So you'll see like third through fifth, ninth through 12th. So they're all broken up by age group. And I also have some recommended books for professional reading. All right, well, I really hope that all of these tips were very helpful for you. I would love to hear your thoughts. So find me on Instagram. My handle is at iteachcustom. Send me a message. You can send me an email. Jocelyn at customteachingsolutions.com. Like, I seriously enjoy conversating with you. I want to know what your thoughts are. I want to know how you are able to use these strategies in your classroom. And I want to know if you have any questions that you want me to answer on the podcast. All right, my friend, until next time. 
If you're ready to really level up your lessons and ensure that you are including window, mirror, map, sliding glass door resources, and even incorporating the three anchor questions that I talk about all the time, if you want specific questions to ask your students and specific activities that are aligned to your standards, hop on a coaching call with me. I will include a link in the show notes below to my website where you can schedule a 30 minute culture centered coaching call so that you and I can talk through a lesson plan that you have. Okay, my friend, we will talk next Wednesday.